just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you today. We're going to have some good old-fashioned Bible study today, and I love it when we look at um, a, a book, a, a letter in this case in the New Testament. Uh, look at the whole thing. We're not just picking a little verse and talking about it, which is fine, but I like context. And so mm-hmm. we're going to dive in with someone who is a wonderful teacher, writer, um, <laughs> Judy. I hope your doctor's visit goes well. Chat is open if you're watching us live. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at the book of First. Peter, uh, and it's it's an interesting one, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the the guest today, Carol McLeod, says that it is a timeless book, and you know there's so much about the scripture that is just absolutely timeless. I mean, if you want to know what we're living in today, just read Romans one. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the world changes, technology changes, you know, geopolitical things change, but man, some things about the human condition never, ever change, and the Bible addresses those, so I think it's great. So glad you're here with us today, whether you're watching live or in the replay. If you are watching in the replay, uh, we, we like your kind comments, so feel free to leave them uh, later, whenever you watch this. Could be a year from now. Carol McLeod, uh, this is her 16th book. It is called Timeless, and it looks just like this. It's available now wherever you get books. Uh, and she's walking us through Scripture, and we're going to do it today. Carol, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Brandy, it's always great to be with you. I love talking about the Lord with you, about Scripture with you, about Christmas, because I know you love Christmas. <laughs> you remember so. that. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the season. I don't love the commercialization, that's all. Uh, Amen. Okay. We're on the same team. There. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I would take some cooler weather right about now. It's miserable <laughs> here in Texas. Anyway, yeah. so um, for, first question, and you know, there's some mm-hmm. things in First Peter that people find very controversial, and, and yeah. we'll, we'll get into some of those. Uh, but why did you pick this? I mean, your 16th book. You know, uh, there's a lot of different directions you could have gone. What what jumped mm-hmm. out with you there uh, about First Peter? You know, Randy, uh, Peter is my favorite disciple. And whenever I say that, I feel like I need to say, sorry, John, (laughs) but I love Peter. So I've always wanted to write a book about him, about his writing. And I have fallen head over heels in love with the book of First Peter. Um, Randy, the reason I love Peter is because, let's face it, I'm like him. You know, he slept when he should have been praying. That's guilty me. He corrected the Lord. Like, how many times have we done that? Um, He denied the Lord three times, and we all do that in our lives. Maybe not with our words, but certainly with our actions. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, Randy, this is the thing about Peter. On a stormy sea one night, he said to Jesus, I want to do what you are doing. And I want to be that kind of Christian. Mm -hmm. When, When my world is stormy and I can't see a thing, I want to say, Jesus, I want to act just like you. So the life of Peter, the writings of Peter are dynamic and powerful and life-changing. So that's why I had to write about him. So I I think it's interesting. You know, Paul was the uh, missionary, if you will, to the Gentiles. Uh, Peter really focused on the Jews. In fact, in the opening opening lines of 1 Peter, he says he's 
talking to those who are in exile in these groups. These are the scattered Jewish communities, which Christ said mm-hmm. he came first for the Jew and then the Gentile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, I like how I feel like God sent out apostles to, to both groups to fulfill exactly what he said. Uh, but what walk us through some of Peter's first letter there to the Jews. Yeah, I like the way you pointed that out, Randy, because different people groups, they don't need a different message, but they might need it framed differently. Exactly. And the Gentiles needed Paul's academia. They needed his philosophical ways, whereas Peter, he was a Jewish fisherman. He understood the common man. Um, and so his letter, First Peter, is to, listen to this, Randy, a scattered, bullied, marginalized church. Mm. Does that sound like today or <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, like you pointed out early in the introduction that so much of Scripture is indeed timeless. Peter actually calls the Word of God in the first chapter of First Peter, he calls it living and enduring. So, Randy, when you and I um, open up Scripture, hopefully on a daily basis, and our eyes land upon the sacred words written before us, listen, what we're reading is alive. It, it's not dead. It's not inanimate. Um, so, so reading the Bible, Randy, it's not like reading People magazine or the latest Karen Kingsbury novel. Mm-hmm. Reading the Bible is alive. You're putting something active inside of you and it's enduring. It never goes out of style. Um, so Peter wrote to a suffering church and he's writing to us today. One thing I will say, and, and correct me if, if, you, if you, know, you disagree, if you like, this is, we can do this here. Okay. Um, is that when you're looking at, uh, whether it's a gospel or a letter written by Jews to Jews, there's sort of a lot of assumptions made about the culture. Whereas mm. when you're reading something written to Gentiles, they tend to explain more of the Jewish culture and the significance and whether it's related to old Testament prophecy or things like that. Um, which is interesting about the gospel of Luke, you know, written by a Gentile. Um, is there anything that you see in Peter that maybe may not make sense to a non Jewish or maybe non first century mind that, once you understand sort of the background, it puts it in context better and makes more sense to us today. Okay, so I think your idea has merit that maybe a Gentile, there would not be as much oomph, <laughs> much uh, as much applicable, but it still is, Randy, and that's the thing about the Word of God. So a Gentile might have to dig deeper. Right. A Gentile alive in the first century might have to meditate longer, mm. but still they would get it, especially as a believer in Jesus Christ. They would have an aha moment because even if they were a Gentile, they were still a member of what they called the way, mm. or which was the early church, mm-hmm. and so they were being persecuted. Yeah. Um, you know, Randy, you you probably know this, but to me, it's fascinating. So Nero was the ruler at the time. Mm-hmm. He was in authority. And even today, Randy, when you read about Nero, historians say that he's probably the most cruel man, the most cruel leader ever to live. 
Now, that's saying something when you think about the madmen who have had authority on planet Earth. And so Nero, um, he fed Christians to the lions for sport. Mm. He he burned Christians at the stake in his garden for entertainment. People would stand around and laugh at them. And this is who Peter is writing to. Now, you and I are not fed to the lions, but we are fed to the media. Are we not? <laughs> you know? Sometimes sometimes <laughs> it feels that way. But yeah, I mean you're right. When we say yeah. we're, when we say we're persecuted in America, I just roll my eyes. I'm like, no, no, no. Look 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 at back at Peter's time, right? Well, that that's true. That's true. You know, when when we say we're persecuted because let's see, the town hall won't put up a, a a manger scene at Christmas. <laughs> right, right. We call that persecution. No, no, that that's actually not persecution. Um, but the powerful words that Peter spoke to the early church are ours today. Yeah, principles and will help us get through struggles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, no, no doubt about it. And that, and that is what, it, what what I see a lot of is opposition. When yeah. there's opposition, Peter's giving you wisdom to handle the opposition. Yes. Uh, so okay. So walk us through some of that. I got a question in, in First Peter, but I, I want to let you kind of start where you want to start uh, as you walk through the the letter. Yeah. So I think what I'd like to say, Randy, is that there is a theme in First Peter that is undeniable, and it's the theme of joy and rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me let me just read you one verse from First Peter chapter one. Um, Peter says, "Now remember." He's speaking to a church who've seen their parents fed to the lions, mm. who who their brothers and sisters have been burned at the stake. And, and this is what Peter says to them. In this, you greatly rejoice, mm. even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Mm. Okay, so let, let's just pause right there. I love this phrase, greatly rejoice. So Randy... It's it's the Greek word agaliao, and it's this is so interesting. It's never used in secular Greek literature. It's a uniquely Christian word. Hmm. So in other words, secular people don't get it. They don't <laughs> understand what we know to be true as believers. So so Peter says, church. When you're struggling, when you're traumatized, when you're walking through tragedy, when you don't like your circumstances, this is what you do. No matter what generation you're in, no matter what age you live in, no matter what epoch you live in, you lift your hands in the air and you sing. Hmm. So, Randy, this is a theme in First Peter. And and I love this theme. You know, I, I'm the joy girl. I, you know, the, the, this is who I am. I believe in the power of joy and I believe in the power of worship. And we all have to decide, will I worship or not? Will I rejoice or not? I I have a, a thing and I know this is not, this is, this is not um, accurate translation. I don't think of words. So just bear with me on this. But when okay. I see the word rejoice, yeah, I, I go, okay, you got to rejoice before you rejoice, <laughs> and as Christians, <laughs> right? As as Christians, we are given the joy of the Lord, and so yeah. in my mind, rejoicing is just going back to that original joy. Now again, I love it. that's not like it. proper 
word, <laughs> but it helps me. It's like, okay, yeah. remember the joy that you have in Christ yeah. as a believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It preaches. It preaches. <laughs> okay. L- let me ask you about another part in chapter one. Okay. That has caused some people uh, mm-hmm. to not understand and maybe to stumble a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that is the use of the word slave. Uh, mm. And I did a deep dive on this several years ago because I was like, is it really slaves? Because some, some translations will say, well, it's servant. It's, it's like, no, no, no. Duolos, I believe, is the word, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's slave. Why do you think Peter uses uh, a term that many find repulsive today? Mm-hmm. Well, I think because, Randy, that's the culture he was speaking to. They had slaves back then, like it or not. Some of them were slaves or had been slaves. So the vernacular that he used was appropriate. And so what we have to do, because we know the word of God is living and enduring, we have to extract truth from that word, even though it might not apply specifically to our circumstances today. So a slave is somebody who serves. A slave is someone who's under somebody else's authority. Mm. A slave might be someone who'd rather be doing something else. So if you find yourself in that category, then you can apply that truth of scripture to your life. Does that make sense? It does. And I also think it points to the, the idea in scripture that we are not our own. That as True. as a Christian, you 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 give everything, and of course, I think it's Paul that says we come as slaves, but he raises us up as, as sons. So, if if you take the totality of Scripture, you see that that coming with the complete surrender that God, I'm not mine, I'm yours, mm-hmm. um, and then what He does with that is a beautiful thing. He doesn't leave us in slavery. No, no, but you know, Randy. So when I teach on that concept of slavery, one thing I've often thought about is we're all a slave to something, are we not? That's what and I'm says, not, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that what we're enslaved to is righteous or we should be enslaved to that thing, right. but it helps us evaluate our priority system and what owns us because we should only be owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if something else owns us eating alcohol, spending, um, and inappropriate or unhealthy relationship. No, we should not be owned by those things. Yeah. I think that's over there in the gospel of Dylan. You're gonna have to serve somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, maybe you get that anyway. Um, I did. I got it. We're good. Yeah, we're good. (laughs) Just not that funny. All right. So, uh, keep, keep going. Walk us through. What else do you see that jumps out at you in Peter's first letter? Yeah, so one thing that amazes me in in this letter, I I told you the theme of joy and rejoicing is certainly there. Um, But another thing that amazes me is that in 1 Peter 5, 8, so now we're in chapter 5, um, Peter says now to the suffering, marginalized, bullied, ravished, ravished church, Peter says, be of sober spirit. Mm. What? Okay, so that word sober is the Greek word nepho, N-E-P-H-O. And the first meaning, I totally understand, to be calm and collected in spirit. So Peter is coaching them. He's teaching them, listen, no matter how the enemy comes against you, stay calm, stay collected. We get that. But the second meaning of this word nepho 
is a little bit harder for me. It's It means to be dispassionate. In other words, not to be passionate about it. Like, like don't have strong emotions when it comes to persecution or suffering. Hmm. This word also means to stay circumspect. So this was Peter's wise Holy Spirit downloaded advice to Christians whose lives were traumatized. Mm -hmm. And he said, guys, gather around, listen to me for a minute. This is your answer. Be of sober spirit. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you're, you're good. Mm -hmm. You're okay, guys. You're going to be okay. Randy, do you have grandchildren? I have one now. Yeah. I have one. Okay. So I have a two-year-old granddaughter who's very passionate. She's very emotional, as <laughs> yeah. two-year-olds two, two are. And I'm teaching her, Randy, that when she can't have a popsicle to say, all is well, all will be well, <laughs> that when her mama's running late, all is well, all will be well, when she has to take a nap, all is well. And that's what Peter's telling us, that no matter what's happening in your circumstances, how can we do this? We can do this because of the God that we serve, that we serve a God who's still on the throne, Randy. He's still working all things together for good. His love for us is enormous. And what we see is not all that's happening. So we can be of sober spirit when life has beat us up. That's Mm -hmm. good. Okay. I I have a a follow-up question to that. But first, I want to show people your website. This is carolmcleodministries.com. Uh, you can go there, and she's got videos. She's got lots of resources, lots of great things to walk with you through Scripture, and that's what I love about Carol. She likes to walk with you to study God's Word, and it'll just benefit you. And then, of course, the book we're talking about is Timeless, available now. So just to give you some resources if you want to follow up and go deeper into this, because we're just a little scratching the surface. But when you talk about uh, Peter addressing real persecution, life and death yeah. persecution, yeah. Um, and then you're talking about being dispassionate, you know, in, in that, which, <laughs> right? I, I mean, um, do you think that that requires really an eternal perspective, a, a look at life in the scheme of eternity, as opposed to just, you know, the here and now, as if that's all there is? Yeah, absolutely. That's part of it, Randy, is is to realize what we see is not all there is to life. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy, in every generation of Christians, we've suffered. Let's go through history for a minute and talk about the different times in history when Christians have suffered. So, Randy, I have a new um, theory, a new philosophy that I'm sort of spouting everywhere I go. Let's see if you agree with me or not. <laughs> so, I believe that our generation. Um, let's say 50s, 60s, 70s, okay, your, your dad, we have taught younger generations um, how to find their purpose, how to live a purpose-filled life, how to make declarations, how to discover who they are in Christ. Oh, we've done that so well, Randy. But what we have not done is taught the next generation how to suffer well. Mm-hmm. And we cannot leave that out of our theology. Um, Suffering comes with the loveliest invitation in life to know him and and his power. So, you know, in my book, Timeless, let me tell you something, Randy, it's worth buying it. Just toward the back of the book, I have a list called How to Suffer Well. Yeah. 
it, it's worth buying the book just to read that list because it, it'll take your breath away that we've been given the tools to suffer really well. I think uh, you're 100% right. And whether we realize it or not, we all have a theology of suffering. Yeah. And part of the emphasis on some some good things, I mean, I just, you know, the old Irish saying, I've said it a dozen times on the program, for every, every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch, you know. <laughs> and we've, we've gotten over here, I think, on the side sometimes of, of a legit, I mean, there's, there's legitimate scriptures on, on prosperity, you know, your, your soul prospering. Um, but yet we, we got to not think of suffering as, um, a, a sign that either God's not good or that it all depends on us. I mean, I don't, last I checked, none of us get out of this alive. You know, so there's going to be some suffering at some point. And when we lose somebody, that's painful. I mean, you, yeah. I'm sure you've had loss, close losses. It And it's hard. And that when I lost my sister, my younger sister, uh, 10 mm-hmm. years ago, almost 11 now, wow. it forced me to to reevaluate some things that maybe I, I had ideas, you know, intentional mm-hmm. or not. But, yeah, I mean this world is not perfect this world is not all there is there is suffering what do we do when we face it so what you're talking about and what you're addressing uh, and pulling out of first peter is i think it's crucial it is it is you know i i'm i don't know when jesus is coming back randy i i just know that i love him today and i'm going to serve him wholeheartedly today I often say that I'm going to cross my finish line sweaty, not <laughs> rusty. <laughs> every every ounce of passion that this girl has is going to be given to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so this is one of the things that I'm very passionate about because I don't think the world is going to get easier for us as believers. I wish it were. I wish it was going to get easier, but I, Randy, I just don't think it is. And so that makes the letter that Peter wrote to the early church even more vital for our consumption and for our understanding and for us to stand upon it. Um, let, let's go back for a minute to, to being what I said, dispassionate uh, about suffering. So we all have emotions, right? Mm-hmm. We, we all have feelings. You know, I, I followed the story of when your sister passed away mm-hmm. and I prayed for your mom. I don't know your mom, but I prayed for her because I couldn't imagine the maternal pain she was going through. Mm -hmm. But we do live at a time in history when we have magnified our emotions over our belief system. Mm -hmm. And so I often say to women, listen, because they'll say to me, Carol, let me just tell you how I feel. Let Let me just tell you how I feel. Randy, I I try to be kind and nice, but there's a little bit of a prophet in me that says, listen, I don't want to know how you feel. I want to know what you believe. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation based on what you believe about this situation, because that's a more powerful way to approach trauma and tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually sort of squaring that up before you hit the trauma and tragedy really helps because your feelings will be all over the map. Oh my! And 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 you know what? That it, 
I, I don't condemn anyone for the way they feel. No, it's no. just not a safe. It's not a rock to build your life on. Right. Uh, and, and when when our feelings are all over the place, and it's very real. I think. I mean, there's a whole book on lamentations. We need to understand grieving. We need to grieve, but we need to set it against the truth, much of which is what you're talking about in First Peter. And so anchoring ourselves to that truth, uh, I mean, when the, when the waves are bouncing us around, and they will bounce us around, let's not deny yes. it, we yes. got to have we got to have something to hold us in place so we don't just go adrift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's okay. I mean, and God understands that. He, he made us emotional creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that almost goes back to the, you know, the first chapter where, where we submit as slaves. I'm sure slaves, like you said, don't want to be slaves some days, you know. Yeah. But when we come and we say, Lord, I'm going to submit my emotions to your truth and your authority, mm-hmm. that's when I think... He raises us up as sons, brings us into the house, and really gives us um, a, a home, a place where there is comfort, where there yes. is goodness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so th- th- this is a process, and it's a sometimes a daily process. <laughs> you know? Oh, for, for me, it, it's a minutely process. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. This, is, this is good. All right. There's so much more we could go into, uh, but man, the time flies when you're having fun, and this is, this is fun for me. What, what, what do you, give us a little bit of a, a bottom line, perhaps tease us a little bit on Timeless, the book and the message. Um, just what, what, if we walk away with one thing today, what, what is that? Oh, Randy, that's a great question. I think that the one thing that I want your listeners to walk away with is this, the word of God works in our lives, mm. that it's not a book of empty promises. It's not fantasy. It's, it's not a fairy tale, but the, the word of the Lord is a powerful force in our lives that cannot be ignored. You know, Randy, I might've said this to you last time, but I, I tell people all the time, we don't read the word for information like we'd read the newspaper or a history book. We read the word for transformation mm, that's good. because the word of God has the power to transform us. And, and listen, we've talked about emotions today. If you're struggling with emotions, if you're depressed, my goodness, I spent 10 years of my adult life in a deep depression. Mm. If, if you're discouraged, if your hope is gone, stay in the word of God because it will transform you in those broken places. It will give you the hope and the joy for which you've been longing. Um, so whether it's first Peter and timeless or another Bible study, dig in because the Lord will meet you there. I like that because especially in our difficult times, <laughs> transformation is a good thing. Very helpful. Thing. Yes. Thank yes. you, Carol. Appreciate your, your uh, input, your time and uh, sharing it with our audience. Thank you. I love be I always love being with you. Thank you. Bless you, my brother. Good. Well, I mean, this is book number 16. So we hit 17. We'll do it again. Okay, I'm working at it right now. Are, are you? Is it, <laughs> yeah. is, is it Second Peter? No, it's Colossians. Well, okay, Colossians. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, look forward to that. Uh, but go check out Timeless. Um, and or just pick up a Bible. Read First yeah. Peter if you want. It's all good. Just stay in the Word. What a good word of encouragement. Uh, and I appreciate all you guys out there watching, whenever you're watching, wherever you're watching. And if you haven't liked, followed, or subscribed, do that. 
and we'll bring you more encouragement. We'll bring you Carol on her 17th book. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. You need to know what God's book says. This is God's word, brother. It's food, spiritual. It's God's